Welcome back to another episode, this Tuesday edition of Let's Open the Bible this week of Thanksgiving. Uh, Russ and Gavin here with you. Thankful to be here with you. Amen. That's right. Yeah. That's well said. Well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, That's the good thing about us. When one of us doesn't think of something, the other one may not either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was getting ready to pay you a compliment. I was going to say, usually it's me that doesn't think of it, but you usually No, do. no, no. Good gracious, no. Uh, so if you have your Bible and you want to open to Psalm 13, we uh, we ended yesterday's episode just talking about the peaks and valleys and uh, sort of talking about the valleys more than the peaks. And I know when I lost my mom, it was right before Christmas. And holidays are kind of funny because they serve as reminders. Right. And Thanksgiving is certainly that. I always... Uh, I, I can't even remember how old I was when my grandmother uh, uh, passed away in a car accident, but uh, or even my great grandmother. I always, without fail, remember uh, at Thanksgiving all of the Thanksgiving meals, the specific foods that they made that I like that I haven't had or it's not been as good since those types of things because those senses are very powerful in us. And so for many of us, we struggle at holidays. And, and there's that empty chair. There's that dish that they used to make or there's that thing they used to do. And sometimes it's hard to find our true ability to give thanks when there's that void. Right. Um, well, and, and I know that there is an expectation around the Thanksgiving table that everyone tells what they're thankful of. And, uh, and I've been around enough people and have experienced some of these things myself where at best it's forced where you're, th- you know, you just are struggling to find something to be thankful about because of the season that you're in in life. And, yeah. and let me say this, we, we should be able to find a billion things we're thankful for in right. any season of our life, but that's not always a reality. Yeah. And then, so you have people faking it and everybody just pretends that we're all okay when we're not. Um, or you have somebody that's getting frustrated and frustrated and frustrated and finds a way to step out when the Thanksgiving are going around and they're just looking, you know, I've seen this at funerals when you talk about, you know, they're in a better place now and that person's just enraged by those words. Like, how dare you say that? I miss my mom or I miss my child. And, or, or you're standing around that Thanksgiving table and someone's going, I'm not thankful. And you got, and and then it's just like sandpaper or, or nails against a chalkboard to hear one person thankful for this. And especially if it's, someone thankful for the very thing that you're hurting over right now. Yeah, man, that's tough. Yeah. And so, so what do we say to, to that person? Yeah, that's tough. Well, uh, I'm glad you're carrying the weight today. So let's, let, let's read, uh, this powerful, uh, Psalm, Psalm 13. The psalmist says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I Take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily. How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Father, indeed, you have dealt bountifully with us. And Father, I pray that the 
the good news of that truth would override any sorrow or, or any feeling of inadequacy or any feeling of doubt or fear that we may be dealing with today or even this Thanksgiving season. Lord, let us be reminded that you have indeed dealt bountifully with us. May your word be exalted. May it ring true in our ears and reflected in our lives. We ask this, O Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Where do you want to go? I, I mean, you know, I think so often what I think of when I hear Psalm 13, especially these first couple of verses, is just despair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we could compare this with a lot of places in Scripture. Uh, you and I talked about Psalm 22, where, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and, and there is a, a word that has kind of a few different applications, but it's deus absconditus, which is the hidden God, the God that is hidden, right? And, and some of it is about the unknowability of God. But another one is when you have that dark night of the soul and you're crying out, God, why are you hiding from me? Where are you? And so I think Psalm 22, Psalm 13, Job is a great passage where you have these these horrific events, these scary events, these painful events hurt uh, in someone's life. There, and that's real. Let's recognize that is that's real right. pain and real hurt. Um, and maybe Psalm 22 is where we can go now, just to talk about if, if there's a passage that describes the cross, uh, and it is they're the very words that Jesus cries out, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" He is quoting Psalm 22, and then in Psalm 22 it goes on to explain the cross, even the, the piercing of his hands and feet, and to the the casting of lots for his clothing. Uh, it's very much about the cross, and then at the very end it's a praise psalm. It's what you see in Psalm 13. It's this, "How long, O Lord?" Will you forget me forever, this pain? And then it comes back to kind of the, the Job-like, consider and answer me. So Job goes through this pain. Yeah. Then he cries out, God, though you slay me, yet I will trust or I will hope in you. But I want to plead my case before you. Consider me. Yeah. And, and, and then, so, so I think we can apply those types of passages to this, where in Job, God says, all right, put on your big boy pants. Yeah. That's he right. says, he says, gird up your loins like a man. And then he says, who is this that darkens uh, my counsel with words without wisdom? And where he says, you where were you? The foundations? Yeah. There's a plan that yeah. you don't understand. Yeah. And, it, and, and God is not unaware that you're pain, in pain. He's not unaware that the Israelites were crying out to him from Egypt. His, his firstborn son, you know, Israel crying out to him from, from Egypt. He's not unaware of your pain. He's not unaware of your prayers but he has only good things in store for you. And so at the end of Job, Job 42, Job says, oh, I thought I knew you, but I didn't know you. And now I see you and you are just so glorious, way better than I ever imagined. And in these, all these Psalms, Psalm 22, Psalm 13, uh, Psalm 51, and Job all end in praise because they get a picture of, of God's work and plan and his goodness and his benevolence and his love and his mercy and his grace. And so the, 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 we may have already done this on these podcasts, and so bear with me if we have, and you can interrupt me if we have, but but uh, a, a couple ways that I remind myself of, the, of this. One, I had a coworker that was not a Christian, and this is not a biblical truth, but she said that she believed that we wrote our own lives out, hmm, right? That's now, that's not a Christian reality. That no. is not true at all. I cannot say that enough. And yet, 
I believe that if we were, in fact, writing our own lives out, which we are not, but if we were, and we got to our very worst day, and we said, God, I'm really struggling with this day. I just don't know what to do next. And he would show us what he was doing, right? If he would just say, well, this is what I was doing in your life. We would write our worst day exactly as God wrote that day, because it is for our good and for his glory. For all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Here's another one, a Tim Keller quote. Tim Keller one time said, uh, God answers our prayers like we would answer our prayers if, if, if we knew what God knows. Like, I mean, that's profound. And then the other thing is, I just kind of picture where, and this is not a reality as well. This is not a reality. This is not what is going to happen. But I would love to be in heaven when people would cry out to God. What's the worst thing that's ever happened? And, and I, you know, I, I don't want to even go down that, open those wounds. So let's just say, um, you know, my parents got divorced. That is a, a reality. Let's say that worst day. And I'm standing before God on that day. And, and I say, God, why? So where I want to be on that day is four inches from the face of the person that is asking God, why? Why a divorce? Why the pain? Why the hurt? Why that Thanksgiving in 2022 when I was so broken, I couldn't thank you for anything. Why, God? And he says, dear child, this is what I was doing. I believe with every ounce of my being that we will fall down and worship him, not because he got us through it, but because that happened in our life. And that may make somebody even more irritated right now to hear that, but I believe that truly all things, all things are working together for our good. And if we could just see him, we would thank him for it. So if you're not holding open a copy of God's word, this this uh, Psalm 13 is broken into to basically three strophes, or, uh, three stanzas. And in the first one, it is a, a clearly a lament, how long, O Lord, he begins. In the second stanza, which begins in verse 3, uh, it gets to the, the point of sort of wanting an explanation from God wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen. And then we get to the final stanza in verse 5. So each stanza is, is really two verses. We get to the final stanza, and what we see is a transition. We, 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 tra we see a transition coming out of uh, how long, Lord, to uh, answer me, Lord, to I will trust in you, Lord. And, and really, I think, you know, Gavin, for us as believers, we, we need to, we, we all process our griefs, our, our problems, or whatever it is. But hopefully, through the process, as we process these things, we can get back to the goodness of God. We can be reminded, right? So this was all throughout the Old Testament, we see this, where the Jews were, are, are being told by God to, to place memorial stones uh, or, or tabernacles or, or whatever it is throughout uh, the Old Testament. And, and one, of the, one of the accounts that is being retold repeatedly throughout the Old Testament is the account of God leading the children of Israel out of bondage by Moses. And the reason why we see that constant reminder is because we have a forgetter. And so what we see in Psalm 13 is getting back to the place where we remember God's goodness. We remember God has answered promises. He's answered prayers. He is worthy to be praised. Therefore, he says, but I have trusted in your mercy. That's verse 5. Yeah. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And, and so that is kind of what we're seeing in Psalm 13 is sort of like a well-worn pathway of people who have struggled 
very real people that have struggled in very real difficult circumstances and who have come out on the other side making a decision to praise God, not because of what he has done for them in their current situation, but because of what he will do based on their past experience. Right. I, do, I just don't want to neglect the current situation. Oh, no. So, so yeah. you're, get me out of this is fine. Yeah. But, but if, you, if you stop there, you forget the sovereignty of God extends even to the circumstance. So, so when Paul says, uh, you know, the outer man is wasting away, the inner man is being renewed day by day, this momentary light affliction is, being, is preparing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Like, you, you have to understand that God is using that. Like, you know, do we ever intentionally inflict pain on ourselves? Sure, when we when we exercise for our good, when we go to the doctor and and, and get you know a shot, uh, you know for our good, the, those things that we do for our good sometimes they're painful. We don't seek the pain, but we seek the benefit of the pain. Right, we seek, so, right, and and we're very comfortable doing those things. Well, spiritually, God doesn't waste an ounce of pain on us. So when Paul says, you know, more than this, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope, that that suffering is always working for something good in our lives. Now, can you claim that by faith now, or is it, are you still, and, and I want to acknowledge the hurt and be okay with there's a season, to a time to laugh and a time to cry. There's a time to cry. You, you may be in that season, but don't think that even that season isn't for your good. Right. There's a molding process underway. Right. And George Mueller, when, when he buried his first wife and gave the eulogy at her funeral, and he loved her dearly, he said, and I'm going to paraphrase this roughly, he said that you know he, he, he only saw that God did what was for his good so that when his wife was taken and it hurt and he was in pain and he was grieved, he could still say that he would kiss the hand that has thus afflicted him, which was God. He could trust him like that. So again, you're claiming the promises that victory is ours and we can look for a future and a hope, right? I mean, we can look forward to good things, but also God is so, is his absolute sovereignty extends even to our suffering. Yeah. And I, I love how, I, I love how he concludes, the psalmist concludes this. He, he's not, this is not feign, fake praise. He says, because he, that is God, has dealt. In other words, this is a past tense, bountifully. And I just looked, and that, that word bountifully uh, carries with it the meaning of completion. God has completed his work in me, with me, for me, right? So he has dealt, has, past tense, dealt bountifully with me. And that's a beautiful past tense reality that is ongoing. And so this, this uh, pain, though is genuine, whatever it is, this grief or financial burden or whatever it is, that we, we don't want to make light of that. There is a time to mourn and grieve. However, let us not get so wrapped up in the pain and the sorrow and the suffering. Let us not get so wrapped up in that we, that we forget the goodness of God. Yeah. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's a restoration of the joy that that he has. Like God has done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's exactly what Job. Job is not learning that God has new characteristics and attributes. He he's being reminded of the goodness of God. Yeah. I mean, he had plenty uh, before, and when it was taken away, maybe you have to be reminded that God is still good. 
I think, yeah. And, 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 and I want to end maybe with this. We ought not fake it. Right. Psalm 13, Psalm 22, Job, they're a reminder of righteous men, David, Job, righteous men that, that are hurt deeply and, ex- and express and it. And, and, you know, we're, we're not going to have the time to work this out now. And I believe that there's much more to it in terms of Jesus quoting a Psalm that would sound like he was defeated yet suffering for people. And it's a, it's a praise song. We, we could walk through that, but even Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Right. And again, maybe I shouldn't have even brought that up because that's a richer theological truth than we're going to get into now. It, it's much more than, you know, Jesus being overwhelmed. Uh, but, but, but to trust in that moment that you're hurting and that God is good. Yeah. So as we conclude this episode, just two days from, from Thanksgiving day, just know that God is good and his promises are true. We have much to give thanks for, but at the same time, we can be transparent, honest with God, with our pain and hurts and our questions. Okay. So, so, so you're at, you're around your table and, uh, and someone near and dear to you is hurting. Uh, what do you say to them right now? God loves you. There's a God is, in heaven. He loves you. Is is that is that enough? He well, I mean, it is for me. It, it is for me. But but I, I again, I've been there with with strong and mature Christians that say, then why, then why? Well, you know, the answer is not satisfying. He, he's the why is is that he's working. He's not wasting any of this. What you said earlier. He's at work for your good. Okay, so maybe so maybe I can maybe I can uh, give a plug for for people that are listening to be in church. You don't work that out around a Thanksgiving table when someone's really grieving. Oh, that's right. I, I think yeah. what you do is what what Paul reminds us to do in Romans when he says you just weep with those who weep. Yeah, if someone's hurting. Listen, I'm not trying to fix your theological concerns. I'm not trying to give you a, a doctrinal uh, thesis on on suffering and the goodness of God. We're not discussing the issue of theodicy. You know, all that, you, you should be rolling your eyes as you're listening to this. Oh, please, that's not going to satisfy. So on the, around the Thanksgiving table, we just maybe take a moment and grieve. Maybe we even take a moment this Thanksgiving and recognize that not everybody in this room is, is celebrating. Yeah. I don't know, but I know this. Get in a church that walks you through a rich, robust theology of suffering, hmm. biblical theology of suffering, because it is there. All, you know, we, we, we mentioned this so much in one of the other episodes, all those desiring to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Or in this world, you will have tribulation. That's not, there's no question. Right. So, so. And yet rejoice always. Yeah. And, and, and that, well, but if you bring that theology, that rich, robust, satisfying theology uh, into uh, that Thanksgiving meal, you can weep like Paul sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Yeah. Amen. Well, this is all the time we have uh, for today, Gavin. So let's conclude here. Listener, if you'll continue to open your Bible and just chew on these things, if you know somebody that needs you to weep with them, uh, there is a very real ministry of presence and just be there, hold a hand, uh, weep with them. If they're in a season of joy, rejoice with them. Until we see you tomorrow, God bless.